Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Taku listeners, and welcome to another riveting episode of our podcast where you are joined by me, Christina Stathopoulos, and my lovely, radiant, creative, painterly, curly-haired goddess co-host, Mary. And I'm super jazzed. We've been hinting at wanting to do this particular episode a couple times now on our Coach Taku Lives on Instagram, which by the way, you could join us every Friday evening. We go live Eastern time evenings on Fridays, but we are covering Hades. And I don't mean the mythological being, I mean the indie video game that took the world by storm, I guess, during the pandemic because people didn't have anything else to get excited over. But I am excited to be covering Hades for a few reasons. For one, even though it's not necessarily a Japanese-made game, I think that many of the fans of it have been drawn to it for similar reasons that they're drawn to JRPGs because the plot is exquisite and the character designs are divine. And so if you've never heard of Hades or you've never played it, it follows the story of Zagreus, who is the son of Hades and Persephone, and he finds himself in the underworld. And he wants to escape because his mother lives in the mortal world and he's never met her. Like he's only recently discovered that she's his real mother. And so you play through the game with the objective of defeating all these different bosses and all these realms of the underworld to be able to go outside and meet Persephone. And something that's useful to know about the game, because it's going to tie into the coaching concept for this week is that it's a roguelite game. And what that means for anyone who hasn't played a game like that before is you basically have to die a bunch (laughs) before you could finally win. In other words, it's designed to be harder than you are talented so that you can learn how to build up your skills and eventually beat it. Yes. And so what coaching conversation could we possibly have about this specific video game? And I think it's one of my favorite coaching conversations because it's about failing forward. And what do we mean by that? A lot of us have a lot of feelings, thoughts, reactions to the word failure or rejection. And we we think about it as a really negative thing. And we beat ourselves up about it. We create stories about it for ourselves. But what if it wasn't a negative thing? What if actually we took each each rejection, each quote unquote failure as an opportunity to learn something, to build our toolbox? And this is why Hades is such an awesome game to have this conversation around because the game is intended for you to actually fail and die many, many, many times. But each time you actually gain something from it. You either discover a new strength or you create a new relationship or you create a new connection of some sort. And so the coaching conversation is like, what do we actually get from rejection? What opportunities lie in the failures? Yeah. And uh, it's just such a juicy one because 
first of all, it's another video game episode for us. Uh, previously, we've covered Fire Emblem Three Houses. And so if you love the Fire Emblem franchise, you should definitely go check out that episode. We talked about what our strategies in that game say about us and our comfort zones. And for this week's episode, we're going to do a little a splitsies, if you will, because we're going to talk about how some of the characters in the game actually represent this failing forward concept in their own stories. And then we're going to talk about you all. We're going to talk about what your strategies say about your willingness to fail forward. And so to start with the characters, it's perfect that Zagreus is the protagonist of this game. Because fun fact, he is a real god in Greek mythology. He really is the son of Hades and Persephone. And he is the god of blood and rebirth. And so perfectly, whatever story designer did their mythology research, his purpose or what he represents in his divinity is rebirth, the willingness to come back to life over and over and over again. And what's really cool to see in Zag's journey is every time you fail, he comes back and he always has like a a funny quip about it. Like, oh, better luck next time. Or man, you know, next time I'm going to get a little bit further. Or Oh, cool. That's the furthest I ever made it. And in return, you even see how some of the other characters in the world also have cute or snarky or jokester remarks to comment on his persistence in continuing to go over and over and over again. And so his willingness to keep the game going is in itself demonstrative of his willingness and what he sees as a necessity to fail forward because he's constantly capturing what he could do better next time. And he even when his own father, Hades, is taunting him and calling him an imbecile, you see that Zag's like, I'm not going to worry about you. Like you, you're in the underworld. Everything's dead. Everything's still. You've done it all the same for a very long time. At some point, I'm going to figure out because it is always the same how to beat it. Yeah. And what's pretty fascinating about the game is that with each failure, you can start to see this underworld start to grow new life no pun intended, but it just, it becomes, uh, he inspires the people around him, the gods or the the souls around him to act differently, to take on new roles, to expand the underworld into new and different dimensions. And you see that because the room starts to expand in a different way. And what's cool about it is that when we think for ourselves, it's like, oh, well, I got rejected. I'm never going to try this again. I'm just going to go hide now and move on with something different. But Zag isn't like that. He's like, well, I guess I failed this time. I just got to go again. And now I have this awesome relationship or this awesome new power that I can try to do it all over again. And that's really cool. And so as the story develops, you start creating new relationships with new gods. And some of them are really, really interesting. Um, I think I had a lot of fun watching Dusa, which is like this little shadow in, in the underworld that's like a maid. But she's like super shy and introverted. And every time Zach approaches her, she's like, uh, she hides <laughs> or she like goes away or disappears. But you can see their relationship develop over time as well. And as Zach uh, kind of like gets, po- there are these potions that you can get that he can gift. As he gives them to the people in the underworld, he actually creates new powers from herself, new abilities that actually make him stronger in order to continue the game. So, Christine, I know that you have some favorite relationships that 
we, you know, develop in this game? Can we talk about a few? Because they were really inspiring. Well, Mary, we knew that as soon as you asked me about relationship, I would have to talk about the most important relationship in my humble opinion. So fun fact, this is also, if you're a shipper, like if you love a good steamy romance and some options of who to go for, Hades also has that. You don't just offer the nectar potions to gain powers. You offer the nectar potions because you want to take someone to bed. And my personal preference, the ship that I have in fact written fan fiction about that is available on archive of our own. And if you're interested, I will give you my username because that's how authentic I am, is uh, Thanatos, the god of death. And the reason I want to talk about Than and Zag's relationship And I joke, yes, it's because I ship them and I think they're wonderful. And I could do a whole different episode (laughs) talking just about their relationship dynamic and what I would coach them in. But when you talk about this concept of failing forward, Than and Zag are such fascinating foils to me because Thanatos is the god of death. And for him, death is permanent. There's an isness to it. It's black and white. It happens and then you're done. That's all the time that you have. And a lot of his repeated lines reflect time being over and death arriving. Whereas Zag represents rebirth. And so for Zagreus, death isn't the end. It just is the restart clock for a new beginning. And you see friction between these two characters because Thanatos and his black and white thinking doesn't see the merits of Zag working so hard to escape the underworld. And the first few times that you run into him as random encounters, he says so. He's like, hey, dude, like, we've been best friends for a really long time. When are you going to cut this crap out? Like, when are you going to realize that this is a waste of your time? You're wasting your dad's resources. You're wasting my reputation because I come over here to help you out, even though I really shouldn't. When are you just going to stay at home? And it's Zag that challenges Thanatos' thinking. And he's just like, no, Than, like, there is a purpose to this. There's something bigger than the life that I have available here. And so something that fascinates me about their story, again, regardless of whether you're interested in the romance of it or not, is you see Thanatos start to break away from the rules and his role as death. And you even have Hades occasionally scolding him for straying away from his duties and hearing whispers of Than going out of his way to support Zagreus in his mission. And so I find it really fascinating because, you know, if you were looking at where Than starts to where he ends at the start, he has no willingness to fail forward. But as the series progresses, there's immense willingness to the point where if you do follow the romance line, and this is a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't gotten there because it takes a lot of work, I've got to say, Thanatos is a random encounter, so you got to get lucky a lot to even get to this point. But Thanatos becomes so willing to take chances that when Zag is resistant to move their relationship forward because he's worried about commitment and he's worried about hurting his friend, Thanatos is the one that says, I've been here all along. Like, I'm right here. I want you now. Why wait another minute? And so you actually see the roles reverse and Thanatos be willing to risk it all to potentially fail and get exactly what he wants. Christina, I I think what I got from all of that, like the interactions between 
Than and Zag was actually like fear on Than's side because we know that Zag and Than have been friends since childhood. Like they know each other really well. And what came up for me was like, Zag has this desire to leave. And that means leaving Than alone in the underworld. And so when I'm looking at the interactions, I'm like, that is so scared of losing this person. So he acts in a way to try and keep him there. Like, how can I keep my friend? How can I keep this relationship going? And that fear actually has him from failing forward. Like that's a, that's one of the stops for him from actually taking a risk and helping, helping Zag out. But I think his love for Zag is greater than the fear of failure or rejection. So he stops then regardless of the fears that he has and says, well, if this is really what Zach wants and this is what makes him happy, then I'm going to be there regardless. And that's such a juicy coaching point, Mary, because the thing I want to underscore there is you might be listening to this and you're like, why would you ever deliberately choose to fail forward? And what I would assert is no one wakes up and goes, let me fail a bunch on purpose. Like, no, (laughs) that's not the starting line for people. What needs to be the starting line for people in this example you just gave is you need to have a commitment or a goal or a vision or a dream that is juicy enough for you that you're willing to do that, that you're willing to take on the possibility of failing and that when you fail, you're willing to learn from the failure, pick up the pieces and restart the game and try all over again. So like I said, I love Thanzag. They're probably my favorite two characters in the game. They're also a little angsty. They're pretty dramatic. Um, And I know uh, as a contrast to that, Mary, one of your favorite characters in the game is probably one of the most flippant, laid back (laughs) and easygoing of the series. Uh, Love her dearly. She's the harpy herself, Megara. Do you want to dive into Meg, Mary? love about Meg is that she's so laid back and easygoing about everything. There's no attachment for her. It's like, you know what? We're all gods. We live long lives. Who cares? You want to have an affair with Dan? Go ahead. It doesn't really bother me. We're going to be here forever. We're not like humans. It's actually one of the things that she says in the game. And I love, I love her power in owning that. I love that her strength and knowing what she wants. And I love the casual nature of her relationship. That's not to say that that's my ideal relationship, just to be clear. (laughs) I just like the way that she shows up for herself and like she knows what she wants and she knows how to get what she wants in any given moment. And she lives for the moment, which is also something that I appreciate about Meg. Um, When it comes to the relationship, though, you can see how the there's no commitment there, you know, like for either one of them. It's a very in the moment, spur of the moment, passionate affair, which is totally cool and fine. But it's a very short term. It's a short term relationship rather than a long term term. Like when you look at Ben and Zach. Yeah. And, you know, I think what fascinates me about Meg is you can see from this lack of really having commitment to anything that she's probably the character in the underworld that understand Zagreus escape attempts the least. And it, it's funny because she has no attachment to it. Like Hades has an attachment to it. He thinks it's stupid because he's attached. And so whenever Zagreus returns, you feel his anger, you feel his righteousness, you feel his resentment. But Meg, you can, you know, run into her at the bar and she's like, oh, sup, sorry I had to kill you last time. 
you know, it's my job. I'm going to do it again next time, unless you're better than me. Like it's so nonchalant. There's, there's no like, oh, if you kill me, I'm upset with you. If I kill you, I'm upset with myself. It's like, no, it's just business as usual. And to your point, Mary, it's not that that's an issue, but I would assert that Megara probably has one of the storylines that moves forward the least in the game because she doesn't have a clear objective for herself other than just going through the daily grind. Yeah, and it, I think what I, I like about it is that it works in, in the sense that it kind of gives you a reprieve. You know, where Than and Zag have this really deep, very um, emotionally charged relationship, Meg is very simple. And when you've died a thousand times and you just want some fun, Meg is your go-to. That's the relationship you want to go to. You don't want to go to Than and have an argument. You just want to go to Meg and make it easy. I think uh, in the conversation of failing forward, the way that I can relate to that is like that you have to find moments of lightness for yourself. And it can't all be heavy and serious all the time. It actually can be fun and light if you find those moments and opportunities. Yeah. So speaking of finding moments and opportunities, it feels like this is a really good natural spot to move outside of the lore of the characters and really inside of the mind of a player of Hades. So I thought it would be fun, Mary, before we even talk about how other people do it. What do you notice about the way you play the game? And how it fits into this conversation. Yeah, so it's interesting because I like to take my time when I play video games, mostly because I am so busy with 500 other things that I actually need to take my time. And what I found in Haiti, since I knew we were going to do it for this episode, is like I had this time constraint. I was like really struggling to get it done. I was like, I need, I need to beat the game. And there was like this attachment there, which actually made it really difficult to play because as you know, you have to die all the time. I was like, why did I die again? So, so I guess my point is for me, it's about enjoying the journey. And I like to take my time, whether it's regardless of what game it is, I like to take my time and just playing, finding out every character, listening to every shade and really like taking, um, taking joy from all those small little interactions rather than getting to the end goal. So that's what I have to say about the game. And so that's why it was a challenge for me because it's like, I can play this forever and never beat the game and still have a really good time with it. But what about you, Christina? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I actually, I think the way that you shared it in some of the ways is the best way to enjoy a game because what I hear is there isn't an attachment to getting it right. Like your commitment is to just like, reaping the most out of the game that you possibly can. And that's what I notice is there's really two strategies you could take to a run in Hades. And when I say a run, I mean like your attempt from start to finish, aka either beat it or you die. And what I've noticed for myself is, you know, I I take it one of two ways. Either I'm like, no, I'm going to go through this run with the objective of trying to win, which means I'm going to pick the power-ups that I know work the best. I'm going to equip the magic that I think works the best. I'm going to choose the weapon I'm the best with. You know, really psyching myself up for victory. And what's really funny is most of the times I do that, I don't win anyway. (laughs) And I think the reason I don't win those runs is because there's such an attachment to being right like, no, I figured it out this time and this is going to be how it goes, that I 
become rigid in my thinking. Whereas the, the first run I ever cleared, like I ever made it from start to finish and finally got to meet Persephone and move that storyline forward. I remember I went in with the objective of, oh, I'm just going to click every power up I've never gotten before because I want to fill my spell book. And I'm just going to take routes where I get to talk to more gods because I like hearing their storylines. I'm just going to try my best to trigger the random event where I'll get to see Thanatos or Eurydice or some of these other side characters that can move plots along. And what I noticed in those instances, those were usually the runs that I won. But trying to copy that on purpose brought me back to the place of just kidding, you're super attached again, you're way too rigid, you're not allowing for flow and movement. So to bottom line all of that, when I'm coming from really attached and right, I usually don't fare too well. When I come from like, we talk about being willing to fail forward, but it's like even being willing to like try stuff that you wouldn't normally try. Like you willing to take on a beginner's mindset over and over and over again, allowing for that flow and that possibility is what makes winning the game possible for me. Yeah, totally. I think one of the ways that uh, I've practiced fairly forward is definitely through coaching. And I don't know about you, Christina, but definitely I think when you start your own business or you start any venture, there's so much to learn. And there are so many moments where you can stop at any time. <laughs> and it's that it's that moment where you're like, do I keep going or do I stop here? And to your point, to your earlier point, Christina, there has to be like a vision, a commitment to something higher. So why would you try again? Why, why get up? Why learn from this? Why step in? And there's, I, I think what I, I've gotten for myself is like, at the end of the day, the rejection, the failure doesn't matter. It's really about the journey that you take and all the experience that you learn and the connections that you create in trying and trying again. And I think Haney's really reflects that in a really nice, simple, very safe way. Yeah. And, you know, in addition to that, I think what's really great about roguelike games and how they're connected to coaching is, yes, to be willing to play a game like Haney's or to be willing to start a business, you have to be willing to fail. Like it actually comes with the prerequisite of getting that you're going to get things wrong. And I think the second prerequisite is that you also have to be willing to learn from the failure, like pick out what worked and what didn't to be willing to fail better the next time. Whether that means just making it a stage further, getting a few more clients, being able to charge more money, you know, whatever, whatever the scenario is that plays out for you. And that's why for our listeners, as we start to wrap up this episode, you know, my invitation for you is whether it's a game like Hades or another area in your life, like where do you stop? Like, where do you actually stop being willing to try? Because in my experience, most people stop at the place where they think they should have done it by now. So like for Hades, they go, oh, well, it says on average, you know, most people beat the game after 25 runs. So if I didn't do it in 25, I fuck this game. I'm done. I'm going to cyberpunk, which is a terrible choice, by the way. But what it actually takes is being willing to find out for yourself what it will take. Yeah, the average person, it might take 25 runs. For you, it might take 40 or 50 or 70. Same with business. Same with really anything in life. Yeah. And ask yourself why. What are you committed to? 
why fail again? You know, why take that chance and why fail on purpose? Because I got to tell you, the more that you actually fail on purpose, the more you fail forward, the easier it becomes to be with rejection, to be with failure, the easier easier it becomes to like recreate that relationship and like get rid of some of those old stories because it's not really about you and that you're the quote unquote bad. It's really just an opportunity to learn something and to keep going in a different way and to be stronger each time you keep going forward. Yeah. So as you go out into the world and hopefully be even a little bit more willing to fail forward where it counts because it's in alignment with your commitment, you could also let us know how we're doing. Are we failing forward good on choosing video games to cover on Coach Taku? Do you want to see more from us? Because trust me, we're playing a lot of them right now. There's not many other things to do in the current stage of the world. Or do you want us to go back to what we love most, which is anime? Either way, as a reminder, you can always give us your suggestions, comments, feedback by reviewing us on iTunes, emailing us at coachtakupod at gmail.com, or commenting on our posts on our Instagram, coachtakupod. Yeah. And lastly, if you want us to have a different conversation around Hades, let us know that too, because we could totally have a relationship (laughs) coaching conversation around this game, as you can tell. So let us know. Leave us comments. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time, everybody. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C O H C H T A C U P O D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at HereXTinaRoar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.